This is deck support, the good, the bad, and the ugly of building a tech startup. Hi, I'm Sarah Hanley, and I help app founders across the world to market their apps so that they can accelerate sales and attract high-level investment. I do this so that they can avoid burnout and build a business that they love. And I'm Rich Kershaw. I've been a tech company founder, consultant, and CTO for over 20 years. And I work with startups and investors to help them avoid pitfalls with all the tricky choices and paths as they grow. Each episode takes a look at a challenge you might encounter when you're a founder of a tech startup. We'll be drawing on our own experiences and talking to people who figured their way through scaling up their own startups. We're on a mission to help you navigate the complicated path from idea to scale up. So this is episode one of Deck Support. What was it that made you get really excited about the idea of doing the podcast? I, I want to share what I know, what I've experienced. The opportunity to reach people that wouldn't otherwise know the stuff. What we're sharing is like the, um, the warts and all versions of building a startup. Why spend your life doing something that isn't filling you up with, with love? It's about recognizing like how can you make this more enjoyable, the process, because you just have to like google like mental health and tech startups and there's so much around that there's another way to build it and you can do it through fun you can do it through getting that support you can do it by building that team around you it's true and and that mirrors a lot of what i see in my work with mentoring the norms around finding co-founders and investors are like here's our proposal here's our financial model but as soon as we ask co-founders about the soft support as they transition from being kitchen table founders to proper executives and dealing with the weight of all this responsibility on their shoulders as they move from being very uh, practical to more strategic, that's the point at which everybody opens up and admits that no one talks about how difficult it is. But it's really difficult. One of the things that highlighted to me that this is a necessary thing for us to be doing is that probably about 50% of the people I've mentioned this to in passing are really receptive. And I think that if you go into this quite bravado-filled environment of the startup and investment community and say, let's talk about emotional support, people have a tendency to instinctively go, ooh, that's a bit weird. That's what I get all the time. And that's why I am not quiet about saying those things. So I'm like, this is the thing you're missing. And you know, if you're just thinking that it's all about the hard-nosed investor, then you could guess what? You're going to have a business that is all about them. It's not all about them. It's about you and your business. You created this idea. And so many accelerators and incubators don't teach this stuff. Nobody talks about it. It's implicit that you'll just pick this stuff up through osmosis and it just doesn't work like that. What people pick up is how to pretend like they've got their shit together. Why do you want to be a fake who wants to be a fake person? Like, I would rather not have a business if it meant that I wasn't being who I wanted to be. You know, we have to be, like, we have a responsibility to look at the parts of us that are, like, hurting. And there's a lot of work people can do yeah. around this area. It's going to help them a lot. Do you think it's a British thing? There's a lot of British quirks that I'm, I'm picking up on. Another one being that we can't celebrate our wins. Like, we can't talk about the successes we have because... By doing that, somehow we're taking away from other people that haven't got. And what I know to be true is that people are struggling every day all over the world. If we're doing well, it doesn't take anything away from them. They see that inspiration. They see that hope. And then they think, well, actually, I can change stuff. I could do something differently. Or my life doesn't have to be this way forever. It's partially about 
recognition of agency. One of the things which has definitely catalyzed me to do more with my own consulting business is realizing that there's a narrative of the modest, self-effacing business person where it's not about taking credit, but it's about pushing the credit onto other people and, you know, definitely don't big yourself up in a way that might be viewed as unseemly in this country. There's a middle ground where you can be confident in what you're doing and your vision for what you want to build without being a massive egotistical monster. And that's okay. That definitely resonates. I think it's like, as leaders of tech startups, it's really important to to shine our own light and be a leader. When we share our successes, we also give other people opportunity to know that it's possible, you know, know that they can accomplish things too. Um, and there is that humility and it's so, it's so prevalent in British companies. It's like somehow it's bragging or it's just not attractive. And I definitely see that with women in tech. It's like resisting that when they've worked so hard for something and they've accomplished something amazing, just not sharing that win. Someone said to me years ago, whatever you do, don't forget that you have to blow your own trumpet because nobody else is going to do it for you. Of all of the bits of business advice that I've been given over the years, I think that was probably the most directly useful because you do actively need to be reminded that it's okay to spend time giving yourself confidence and talking about your successes and building a profile for yourself, finding your own voice and figuring out your own self-identity within the context of a startup. Because I think a lot of people come from a corporate background where you learn you're not talking about I and me now, you're talking about us and we. And you're a representative of this company and when there's a success, it's a company success. And then you start a startup and investors are saying to you, well, yes, but why should we give you five million quid to make this thing happen and people don't know how to say well because i personally believe that i'm very good at this thing that is like the number one thing that i teach people you have to check in with yourself like why are you on this journey what impact do you want to make in the world and what do you want your contribution to be if you aren't clear on that that's when you lose your focus when you are susceptible to the inner critic coming in when you're um, you'll start to feel more fear around doing the things like going in front of investors. As you say, if you've been at a corporate before, like, yes, you've probably done presentations, but it's a completely different thing because you're speaking about your passion, you know, and you're asking somebody to believe in you. So you have to believe in yourself first. You absolutely do. And it's really important to be crystal clear on your story. That's so powerful when it comes to technology and standing for your story and not molding yourself to what you think other people want to hear and I see this so much and you just lose your own identity before you even got off the starting blocks. I think that's what leads a lot of people to burnout. I suppose the extra cognitive workload of having to layer an extra bit of identity on top of your own and pretend to be passionate about something that you're not and that is going to be super uncomfortable. It's like why wear a mask? Yeah, figuring out whether you're wearing a mask, whether your business partner's wearing a mask as well, um, figuring out the gap between someone who's putting their personal feelings um, into a project and saying, I'm here as your partner, we're going to collaborate together in a positive direction on something we're mutually passionate about. 
versus someone who's saying all the right things up front because they feel the cultural expectation of how they should behave um, and making sure you're both on the same page. I mean, that's definitely got to be an episode for us, right? <laughs> There's a whole episode right there. <laughs> so what are you finding that's engaging co-founders the most when you talk to them? So well, I share my own experiences and I haven't done it yet, but when I worked for somebody else, there was massive sexism within the company to the point where the CEO was would come over and start talking about very inappropriate things, you know, that sort of stuff scars you, you know, and you've been in that environment and you've heard things and you're trying to do your job and, you know, you want to do the best that you can. So it's about getting onto the press and media and saying, well, you know what, why are you not covering these stories? They're really important because this is a reflection of our society and, you know, the things that are happening. And, and so I do challenge, you know, the press and media. How is it okay for their stories to be ignored, you know? Why do you prioritise the white, young, Silicon Valley, perfectly polished, I've, I've got my shit together person rather than somebody who's really been through the mill they've experienced difficult times but they've chosen to do something to really help humanity and make a difference so I'm really passionate about having those people's voices heard absolutely there are a lot of unheard voices in the tech startup community especially around high pressure highly stressful situations that everybody has to work through where everybody could benefit immensely from just being told that they're having a shared experience that other people have been through as well. I think it's finding people who've got positive experiences and you know they actually learned something and they took it away and found that that particular experience made them better at doing whatever it is they do. It's about getting that message out there that it's equally important that you look at yourself and that attention to how am I choosing to, to show up really you know, to show up as the authentic version of themselves. And that's how they can build a business that they really love, not one that they just are really excited to exit. I don't think you necessarily have to be in love with everything about your startup. And that's actually going to be a future episode. Is it normal to feel unhappy when you're building your startup? I think at times, yes, it is. And there will be some points at which you absolutely hate it. And I think one of the ways in which people sometimes do actually feel a bit of imposter syndrome is when they are feeling really unhappy. And at those moments, I think that actually sometimes what startup founders do need to hear is, you know, this is okay. This is normal. You're normal. You're not failing. It's, it's not, it, it's, it's all learnings. It's choosing to see things as lessons rather than letting failures dictate your future. So like, you know, this happened before. I'm never going to try it again. No, it was a lesson. What can I do differently? There's going to be a lot of people around you whose job it is to make sure that you're stewarding their investment, their funds in a responsible way. But it's no one's job other than yours to make sure that you're looking after yourself and that you're doing something you're passionate about. There is someone who can do that, but that person is you. And if you've got good investors, then hopefully... They'll be okay with that. And if you say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm not enjoying this one thing over here. Let's figure out how I can reorient. Then they'll say, okay, no problem. That's so powerful, protecting your own energy so that you can make your dreams come true. 
This has been Deck Support, the podcast about the good, the bad, and the ugly of getting a tech startup off the ground. Starting from the next episode, we'll be covering real stories from people growing tech startups, and we want to hear from you. If you want to share what you've learned, have any comments, or just want to tell us something awesome we should cover in a future episode, you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, or at our website, decksupport.net. And subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts.